welcome to another edition of the SD podcast. It's actually just another solo episode with me, Dan. But tonight I have three other guests. Unfortunately, the fourth guest couldn't make it tonight. But I decided to have a Giants roundtable of the Giant fans that I talk to on a daily basis every single day. They are in my circle of trust while I talk about the New York football Giants. So I, I thought it would be a fun idea with the MLB All-Star game. There's obviously no sports other than the NBA Finals, but honestly, who's been watching that? It's been very dreadful and boring. But I, I have uh, three guests tonight, and we're going to be doing a Giants game draft. We ha- I have four, no, five categories of, of a draft. So I'm going to tell you real quick what they are, and I'm going to introduce the guests after that. So before I introduce my friends, I have five categories of these Giants games, and we all have to pick and tell everybody why. It's going to be top playoff games slash Super Bowl games, top regular season win, first game you got hooked as a fan, worst loss playoff or regular season. That's going to be interesting. And five, favorite Giants stadium memory, being either at the gate a stadium or watching on TV. All right, so – Without further ado, I'm going to go in order, and I'm going to go with my one friend, Harris, who's been a Giant fan as long as I can remember. I met him two years ago at Giants Town Hall. It was funny. We were meeting each other, waiting online, and we just (laughs) hit it off like normal friends, and we just became best friends. His girlfriend and my wife like really got weirded out on how close we got (laughs) that night. They still do. It was the uh, the prototypical uh, stepbrothers that we just become best friends. So I became friends with Harris in 2019, right before the season started. And I said, all right, this guy is different. Uh, me and him could get along. And sure enough, we met up before every single game. He's been a season ticket holder forever. Um, so that's Harris. Harris, how's it going tonight? It's going great, Dan. I'm so happy to be here with you, man. I've been dying for this moment. Oof. I just, I just love you, man. I love you. We both right. bleed blue. It takes a special blood to bleed blue. This is also his first <laughs> podcast, so he's a little nervous. So let him oh, be. Yeah. The next person, <laughs> he's been my college, college roommate. I've been friends with him for over 15 years. It's really scary to even think about it. We've gone through a lot of stuff, uh, legally and illegally. Uh, but we, the station of limitations is probably over it. I have my good friend Doug. How's it going tonight, Doug? Pretty good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Very excited no pr- to be here. And uh, I, I certainly would hope the statute of limitations has expired. On <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it has, I hope. <laughs> um, lastly, but not least, um, he's the prodigy of Giants Twitter. Uh, it's so funny to even think that he's 10 years younger than me. But he is the cohort of Talking Giants, the the mastermind behind Bleeding Blue, and my good friend, Justin Panic. How's it going tonight, Justin? Danny, Doug, Harris, it is great to be here. It's great to talk with all of you. I mean, I love that we're all Giants fans. I know, Danny, uh, you're, you typically, you know, you're podcasting with the mix and match. That's why your podcast is kind of really cool. You're mixing and you're matching with a bunch of different fans of a bunch of different teams, sports, Mets, Islanders, whoever. So it's kind of cool to be here. We're going to have a Giants roundtable talking with some Giants fans. Uh, right. Danny Behan, we've been texting and we've been friends, I feel like, for quite a long time. It's this is actually the first time that we're talking to each other. No, yes, it's actually funny. Fun fact, me and Justin are actually talking and, like, 
videoing each other for the first time. It's been a year. Actually, I went back to my Twitter DMs. I started tweet, uh, DMing you right around June of last year during oh, COVID. Yeah. So right around that. And then we became friends. And then, unfortunately, Snacks couldn't make it tonight. Hopefully, maybe he joins on later if he texts either me or Justin. He might stop by later, unfortunately. We might just – we all know how much Snacks loves Tiki Barber, so we might just give him all Tiki Barber moments and watch him freak out. I think that might be worth the admission. So before I start the draft, I want to have you guys talk about your giant fandoms before it so everybody knows where you've been, like how you became a giant fan and everything like that. Um, I'll start off with you, Justin, since you're the youngest one, so it's a little bit uh, shorter stint compared to Doug and uh, Harris. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not really a, a a grand story. I mean, I guess one of the games that I, you know, the, the Danny, you have a really great category of first game that got you hooked into Giants fandom. So I guess I'll save a story for that. Okay, but, say, yeah, definitely save it. But I'll save that story. But I mean, I, it's a typical kind of uh, story of the, the old man, my father, kind of, he, he was a Giants fan. He is a Giants fan, still is. And he put my name down. When I was born, put my name down for regular season tickets because at the time, you know, the waiting list was, I mean, you know, 40 years. You know, I'm reading Jerry Eisenberg's No Medals for Trying right now. And there actually is a little bit of a splurge in that book from the ticket office for, in 1989 that right. says that the waiting list was already basically almost half a lifetime, an entire lifetime long. Like that's how long it took to go through that, right. go through that waiting list. So he put my name down when I was born. Um, and, uh, you know, because MetLife Stadium opened, you know, we got a call uh, <laughs> that we were, right. you know, that my name was called on the waiting list because of those stupid PSLs. But a little bit before that, we became regular season ticket holders. And I've been going to Giants games since uh, 2007. So I was nine Perfect. years old. Perfect timing. Nine years. Yeah. Basically kind of a, a, the optimal best time to, to grow up as a young kid of a Giants fan. And my father told me after those two Super Bowls, he said, you know, remember that you told me after the first one, remember this for the rest of your life. You're you, the only one you're going to get. You never know <laughs> if you are ever going to get another one. And then lo and behold, four years later, when I was in middle school, we got another one. So, um, yeah, yeah, middle school, you know, that's, yeah, that's middle I, school. I just want to die sometimes. <laughs> I forget how old you are. Um, but yeah, that's, that's so, basically the story. So, you know, just growing up a Giants fan, old man grew up a Giants fan, started to go in Giants fans when I Giants games, when I was young and, you know, here, here we are. Now I'm talking about the Giants. Awesome. Yeah, that, that comes full circle. Um, Doug, how about you? When did you become a Giant fan without giving away any details of games just in case you want to share it later? Yeah, so again, I don't think it's any, <clears throat> any uh, grand story. Just uh, Sunday afternoons would feature the quarterback stylings of Dave Brown uh, getting <laughs> Chris Callaway down the sideline um, in the midst of what was more than likely a 4-12 and season. Uh back in the early 90s. So that's what was on the television Sunday afternoons. Uh, Pops was in control of the remote. So uh, pretty right. much uh, I guess. Now, yeah, that, that's fan. Right. Probably yeah. Jets were in the midst of that 115 uh, rich coach run at the time. Uh, but <laughs> certainly dodged a bullet. Yeah, you dodged a very big bullet with that one just that awful organization and you would have had the met jet combo that would have been brutal well, well to this day he'll tell you he doesn't care which team he roots for he'll root for either team so okay really on either way okay 
So that could have that could have been you dodged a huge bullet. A complete disaster. <laughs> All right. So the most unique one um, is Harris. Harris is this the photo the the prototypical I've been to Giants. I've been a Giants season <laughs> ticket holder since 1952. Oh jeez, not see me. Why I know not you, <laughs> but I see why. Oh no, Justin, can you do your voice? You do your good WFN impression. Oh, of Steve Summers. No, no, no. Of the oh. uh, the Giant fan season ticket holder since 1952. Oh, 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 oh. Um. Oh, I got. I got to really. I got to really get into character for all this right, one. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I've been attending Giants games since Yankee Stadium, and I, I, well, I, I the phone call that I did on on social media it was with like yeah. a, this the Kadarius Tony practicing without the show. Kadarius Tony, this guy's practicing without a show. I think he's gonna be a bust. I've been watching uh, Carl Banks, Lawrence Taylor, uh, even Frank Gifford, Sam Huff. I've been watching them since they were in Yankee Stadium. And I, and I, that, I love when people, my favorite part about sports radio is I've been a fan since 1960. So that means I know more than you. Just a fact. Right. Oh, just, said, just yeah. your longevity. Just your longevity means that I know more than you when that's totally false. Okay. Yeah. So, so sorry for hijacking your um, moment of shine, Harris. But yeah, Harris. So, how long has your grandma been a Giants season ticket okay. holder? She is season ticket since 1952. So we're going back to Yankee Stadium, the Polo Grounds. <laughs> now, wow, even the Polo Grounds. Oh wow. yeah. And my grandfather actually knew Frank Gifford, nothing name drop, and he actually got them set up in that section, and that's been carrying over to stadium, to stadium, to stadium. That same spot. He always wanted to be right behind the Giants bench, and that's where I'm still at. Yeah, I was but, lucky enough to sit in those seats for the Dolphin oh yeah. game. Half, at halftime, he texted me, "Hey Dan, I have two pairs. You want to uh, two seats next to me? You want to calm down?" I'm like, "Absolutely," because <laughs> I'm sitting in 324 in heaven, and I'm like, "All right, why not?" And I go, and he, and he sent me a picture of uh, where his seats are. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes." So sure enough, Harris graciously. Uh, to let me sit with them for a bunch of bunch of moments, especially Eli Manning's last start. So that was a great moment that we shared. So awesome. thanks again, Harris. Um, all right. So I already automatically did the draft rating, uh, draft slot. Uh, Justin went was lucky enough to go number one. I got number two. Doug, no, Harris got number three, and Doug got number four. So Doug's gonna be wrapping around the the order, and so is Justin. So. Without further ado, if there is no order, so you can go, well, you can go whichever way you possibly want, and let the let the games begin. For 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 the record, before I start again, it is top playoff game slash Super Bowl, <clears throat> top regular season win, first game that got you hooked as a into a fandom, worst loss playoff slash regular season because we we all have plenty of those, so that's going to be the most fun we're going to have, I, I'm sure. And number five, favorite giant stadium. Because obviously, what do we have? Three big moments in MetLife Stadium, unfortunately, so far in 10 years, 11 years at that stadium. So that will be the order. So without further ado, Justin, take it away with the first pick of the, this little small little draft. Danny Behan, that was a brilliant transition that you talked about how MetLife, MetLife Stadium does not have a lot of great moments. Now, you know, top playoff game and if we're including Super Bowls here you know Super Bowl 42 should obviously be the number one pick but it's not going to because I love screwing up drafts that's like a thing on talking Giants anytime yes. we do a draft anytime we do like 
we're picking something. I like to go off the beaten path because I like to be unique. I, I think I like it so much that it's annoying. So yeah, I'm actually yeah, going to go. I'm actually going to go Falcons versus Giants. The only home playoff game in MetLife Stadium's history. And the only home playoff win that the New York football giants have had in MetLife stadium. So that is, and also I'm biased because I was there. I always will take a personal bias to a game, whether it's good or bad, you know, I'm either under the spectrum, good or bad if I am there. So, and I choose that game because it was complete and utter dominance from start to finish. And right. that, it was I all feel, other than that safety to start the game. That yeah. was other that than was, that. Yeah. It yeah. just complete and utter dominance from start to finish and it included big plays. You know, it, it included turnover on downs, which how exciting Twice. is it? Twice. Mike, how exciting Mike Smith is it? Is the worst coach of all time. <laughs> how exciting is it? You know, when your defense forces a turnover on downs, especially, you know, in big moments, I mean, oh, it's just the uh, quarterbacks, they were both quarterback sneaks too, which I mean, right. where you're talking about Mike Smith, not being a good head coach. It's like, all right, dude, after the first time, you should have gotten the point that that wasn't going to work, but then he did it again. But just during those quarterback sneaks of like, oh, mano imano, our guy against your guy. And I mean, the fact that we we won that battle twice and Matt Ryan's like 6'5", so all he has to do is fall forward. But we prevented that, and that was really, really cool, especially in a year where the defense was very, very bad. Like, you know, that all oh, threats, yeah. the span of the regular season, the defense was bad, but also what was really even bit, what was even worse was – the Giants rushing attack. And that is when Jacobs and Bradshaw both really, really had some good games. I Jacobs in particular had a really good game versus right. that Falcons, you know, yeah, that Falcons right. wildcard game. So I choose that game. 20 okay. Knicks. Hockey and Knicks too. Hockey, yeah. Keem Knicks. You know how much Justin, you know how much of a stand I am <laughs> with the Keem Knicks. Um, uh, that's, I was at that game as well. I got a last minute uh, call. Hey, I have an extra ticket. You want to come? Uh, yeah. I'll see you then. All right kind of thing so yeah i was in like some bougie like chase club seats i i didn't care less yeah i don't know a family member hooked it up and i took it and ran i didn't have to pay a dime so i won um that's an awesome memory uh, okay I, all right so once again justin goes different and this is like taking uh trevor not taking trevor lawrence you're good you're like dave gettleman with uh saquon it's like taking uh, it's like taking Puka Williams, who went in like the seventh round, <laughs> number one yeah, overall. But so. I still love you, so it's okay. So I'm going with the true number one pick. Uh, it's obviously the Super Bowl 42. Yep. Um, it's a, it's just an ultimate classic. Uh, if you know my story, I'm gonna have Doug talk about my my his side of the story because I actually I've never heard this side of the story. Um, if you don't know the, the little quick synopsis of my story, it was college peak college. Um, I stole, oh, I took Doug's, um, Evan Williams is basically the brother version of JD after the Mets choked in the 07 playoffs. Mm. So I got very belligerent after that game. I like started to throw pans at my one friend, Steve. Um, so Doug's brilliant idea, the Giants are not supposed to beat the New England Patriots undefeated. Um, so let's get Dan riled up and he's gonna go absolutely nuts because Dan is a, a psychopath when it comes to the Giants or sports related. So he gifts me the day of Super Bowl 42. He just goes, have fun. He gives me a nice bottle of Evan Williams. 
And let's just say I hit it a little too hard um, at the start of the game, just getting my like nerves going and just amped up. And um, Justin Tuck, we all know, is my favorite giant. So with that being said, when he did the strip sack, I took the bottle and took it to my face. And this is where Doug's going to take the rest of it because I don't know where this goes. I, I know my side of the story, but I actually never heard Doug's side of the story. And this all these years later, like, thank God, it, it, I would have went viral if it was 2021 for sure. Okay, so I thought you were referencing a different part of uh, the evening. So I got to kind oh, of... Oh, no, no. I, I, I was going to let you talk to that part. Okay. Well, because so... that was Oh, um, halftime! I thought you were talking about the, uh, the speech and the property damage. Oh yes, yes. That, I was I was gonna have you tell everything with that. Okay. Okay. So we uh, Evan Williams was all we could afford at the time. We catered some food from the local Italian deli. Um, had a nice nice little gathering of uh, what probably twenty or thirty of our yeah. And uh, halftime rolls around. I, I want to say they were down by three. <laughs> That sounds yeah, right. yeah. Um, and uh, we're out in the hallway uh, having some recreational activities with uh, these red solo cups. And all of a sudden, there's just this loud crash. And, it, you know, for any wrestling fans, it, it, it sounded like the beginning of Austin 316. Uh, <laughs> so go into the dorm room and People are just trying to figure out what happened. Uh, Behan, uh, Danny had had enough uh, liquid courage to uh, stand up at halftime and deliver <laughs> a, a flat-out Newt Rockney speech to get everybody, everybody going and ready to go. And uh, I think about halfway through, he picked up the clock, turned around and threw it through the glass window. Yeah, I backhanded it. <laughs> just, just uh, I guess, for emphasis and... Uh, if I recall correctly, what you're referencing towards the end of the game was just pure celebration. So, um, okay, um, I'm going to stop you real quick. Um, I wondered, I'm wondering if you remember this part. All right. Um, did I flip a table? I definitely flipped a beer pong table, right? Do you remember? I don't know if I saw that because I was, that, was, that would have been outside. That would have right. been in I don't know that I went back out into the hallway after half. I I think I flipped some tables over too. You like I went completely raped. Very well, I might have. <laughs> so, all right. So this is my, the one of the most memorable memorable parts of the um, Super Bowl Forty Two for me and Doug. So quick, me and Doug literally watched every single minute of the season together. So from week one, because obviously we're at college, we didn't really see the preseason together. So. From week one to week the Super Bowl, we basically watched every game together, maybe other than a few games here and there sprinkled. But 90% of the games, me and Doug watched every single minute together. So we would watch Sunday from 1 p.m. to the end of the Sunday night football. When did so, you stop watching games together? Unfortunately, graduation, just because of being in Jersey. And, and was that, was that like, was that like the next like off season, like after the draft, like oh eight? Um, no, we watched a couple of games in oh eight, but he we were roommates, so unfortunately we uh we weren't roommates anymore, so it was just a little bit harder for us to 
not watch every game together. So, but so here's so here's my theory. You stopped watching the games the second Plaxico shot himself, and I'm going to blame you two for not repeating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, so yeah, Super Bowl 42, the Patriots scored a touchdown. And me and Doug are probably the only two people I know at the time. Um, I'm not sure Justin and Harris, but knowing you two, you probably were part of it. Me and Doug out of our group, friend group were the only two that cared about Eli Manning and actually thought Eli was actually good. Cause every week Eli would throw three picks in the first half. And then the second half you would magically turn into Peyton and everything like that. All I mean, all me and Doug did that we just gave each other that quick, subtle nod of this is ours. I, I'm, I'm sure I thought that because I was blacked out, but I, <laughs> but me and Doug just gave each other that quick nod of they gave us way too much time. We've seen Eli do this way too many times. And then we saw the drive. We all know about the Tyree catch. That's arguably the greatest play in Super Bowl history. There's no debating about it. And then um, we we beat him. Your favorite play, Justin, of Jay Alford sacking Tom Brady um, into oblivion. Um, I got a dog. I got into a dog pile. Uh, they everybody jumped on me, and that's when everybody decided this is real cool, and the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. Not not slut, not fuck around anymore. This is actually really cool, and like not fuck with Dan type of thing so that's really basis of like that and somehow i made it to class the next morning and me and doug were just watching sports center that whole night just it was like the most unsurreal because with me being a met fan that that was my first super uh, pro sports championship um doug's a devil fan so he was able to see three stanley cups um, both Harris and uh, Justin are Yankee fans, so you were able to see some sort of uh, World Series success. So I'm a Mets fan, Nick fan, Islander fan, and Giant fan. So the Mets, the Mets losing in uh, 2000 to the Yankees was pretty brutal. And then Super Bowl 35, I'm sure that will be on someone's list. Is um, yeah, those those were my two claims to fame. And then obviously 94 Knicks and 99 Knicks. So yeah. Super Bowl 42 is my first my first pick, which is a no-brainer. The next up is Harris. Harris, where are you, where are you going? Ooh, man, I got to piggyback off of you. I'm going Super Bowl 46, 2011. What's crazier than beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl once, beating them twice? It felt like deja vu again. That whole year was just magical. We snuck in. We beat the Jets Christmas Eve. You guys remember that game? Mm-hmm. Victor Cruz, 99-year touchdown. I don't want to get too much into it. Might be later. Beat the Cowboys Sunday night. Head into the playoffs. Beat Atlanta. Go back on the road. Beat Green Bay. Go to San Fran. Win in overtime. We're back in Indianapolis. Super Bowl 46. Manning to Manningham. 21-17. I was lucky enough to be there. And just the memories. Once they didn't, once I didn't get to go to the Super Bowl in 2007, I said, I'm not missing another Super Bowl. I can't do it. I know Jets fans that haven't been able to go for 40 years. And I was lucky enough to be there. One of the best days of my life. Yeah, you're very lucky. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> very very it was, lucky. It was unbelievable. Like, like that's one of the cool things Like uh, I dream about being a season ticket holder is one day being able to go to an NFC championship game and mm-hmm. seeing all my friends and like 
just the like like that's my biggest dream as a season ticket holder is having an NFC championship game because let's face it, Super Bowl is going to be much of a stretch, but the closest we can get is a NFC championship game. And right. I, I don't know what I would do. Just, just being in the stadium. It's just Ooh, surreal. Like I would have to be pissed. Yeah. So Super Bowl 46, obviously that's just as sweet. 2011 doesn't get enough due because just how man that team really was. And then they just got hot at the right, right time. And thankfully, Eli should have won MVP that season. I yeah. don't care. I know Rodgers had a uh, year of the ages, but just what Eli did for the Giants that season is just I, – I laugh at people that have that narrative that it was carried by the defense in 2011. No you way. didn't watch a second of that that season because if it nope. wasn't for Eli, we would have easily been 6-10 and 10 or even worse if it wasn't for Eli. So – I know all three of you agree with that one. The second half comebacks too all year. Oh yeah, all kept. year. Oh yeah, it was it the was... fourth quarter, Eli. It's it's just it was none no none of those games mm. were out of reach. It was just simply one of those moments and seasons. I can't believe it's ten years and they're celebrating them against the Rams this yep. year. So it's really going to be cool. This and that second Super Bowl really validated Eli. I think you know. Really, I no, think it really. Definitely. It pushed right. him over the edge. He he got the second playoff run that everybody was uh, cram uh, clamoring for him to get. So yeah, no, that Super Bowl forty six is a no brainer. All right, Doug, you're gonna have two picks, back to back picks. Um, uh, lead it off to end the first round. Um, so wrapping up the uh, the playoffs portion. Uh, as much respect as I have for Eli taking the utter abuse that he took in San Francisco and as much respect as I have for a team gutting out a win when they play really not their best game. Uh, I think I have to go with uh, Lambeau Field and Lawrence Times in overtime uh, really for two reasons. I mean, or three really. So, so you're going twenty. You're going oh seven NFC Championship game. Okay, yeah. I'm just writing everything now. That's why. All right, yeah. I wrote too soon. Okay, go on. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. And number one, at that point, you don't go in the Lambeau Field and beat Brett Favre in sub zero weather, just as a rule. Hines um, was struggling with kicks late in that game. That hook route that Webster picked off. That's an easy pitch and catch. Favre just made a garbage throw. So luck is on your side right there. I mean, he steps into that. That's an easy nine yards, and they're moving. And, you know, the last thing that you want in the world is Brett Favre moving in overtime. Right. Especially when he's not wearing a Vikings uniform. Um, <laughs> but to get the interception, to not move the ball an inch with the balance that they had on offense, and to have times come on the field with where it is not an easy kick in that weather, in those conditions. And the way it came off his foot, it did not look good. No, it, it didn't. Looked, it didn't look like it was going to be short. Uh, and for them to make that kick and to continue marching on when, you know, like we've said, they did not have the best team in that tournament. Uh, just an incredible story. Right. And the, Though, Justin, you can help me since you're basically the giant historian, so is Harris. 
the America's game of uh, Tom Coughlin telling the story of uh, when Lawrence Hines just runs onto the field and, and Coughlin says all the coaches are screaming, no, what are you doing? And then he goes, that's all I needed to see. He was going to drill this and just thank God, man. Just imagining that would just the, the heart shed of like them just kick like what Eli and Plex did that game in sub-zero degrees. It was just simply oh just. I, if, he, if he kicks that 10 times, he might miss five. Oh, you definitely. Know? Definitely, and it and it would have been honestly, people would have gotten mad at him. But for the fact right. that he's basically kicking a twenty-pound rock, yeah, what yeah. seems to be like a twenty-pound rock, and then like people are not realizing it at the moment. Like he would have gotten death death threats, obviously, because that's just how people are crazy. But like you got to be realistic on like the situation of things. So yeah, that's that's definitely that would have been. Other than the Super Bowls, that's definitely that's definitely number three on would be number three on my list if I had a pick. Yeah. Okay, so you're gonna start round two, Doug. Um, don't forget you can go in either uh, either of these categories. Uh, I'm gonna replay it again. Uh, since you already did top playoff game, you got top regular season win, first game that hooked you into fandom, worst loss, or favorite Giant Stadium moment. Okay, so I am gonna go with the worst loss because I am still. Um, not- over Ooh. Jeff Garcia. Oh, so, uh, a wild card game of both three. Yeah, yeah, because they had that game wrapped up. They steamrolled them in the first half, and just the pure and utter mismanagement of the game after they jumped out to that uh, what I believe was mid-second quarter lead. Um, it was just a complete and utter disaster on so many levels. Right. Uh, from the lack of the ability to control the football and understand that there's nothing wrong with a five-play, 40-yard drive that ends in a punt if it eats up five minutes and to understand that. But you got Jason Seahorn on Terrell Owens in the slot and they're doing easy pitch and catch plays. Maybe you got to change something. If you're right. rushing the same four guys and they're dog-tired because they've been on the field for the entire second half, maybe you got to adjust something. All right. Um, and to have none of those things happen and to still have an opportunity to win the game on what was a relatively easy kick in those conditions uh, comparison to Warren's time right. to not be able to execute the basics and, you know, <laughs> I didn't think of it at the time, but uh, to have Cybert have a chance to catch the ball, now I understand, you know, what yeah. exactly probably an ineligible man downfield but no but before the the play at the nfl said that he was eligible the next day that was what made it worse justin so you this was this was a little before your time justin so obviously you know what happens that game so the next day obviously everybody's fuming from the loss of a big choke job was it pass interference should they have gotten another play should it uh, Allen just uh, throw the ball on the ground, get another play for fourth down. Right. All those things. WFN was ablaze, obviously. Um, so later that night, the NFL wrote, oops, sorry. It was actually pass interference. Like, yeah, like, it was what do you, that doesn't down. help. That does not help the next day. <laughs> he pulled him down. It was absolutely pass interference. There was no, problem. right. So the refs completely botched that. Um, we, probably would have played the Eagles the next week 
I mean, I don't remember, but it was just one of those, like, thanks NFL for help. Like we didn't deserve to win. Obviously we blew that big lead, but like, it was just that, like, just soul crushing, just, mm. and you knew after that moment, I, I know he just passed away a few weeks ago, rest in peace to him, but you knew the writing was on the wall with him on that, unfortunately, because this was the third playoff game that the Giants absolutely no show, either no showed or blew a big lead because well, it was obviously Super Bowl 35. Um, I don't know if people are going to have that later or, or the um, Minnesota Viking playoff game in 97. And so that was really because if you think about the mistakes in that game, time management, ball control, right. on the and he also gets let go a couple of years later. Right. What it's worth, they do bring in the polar opposite uh, in Tom Coughlin, who is all ball control, all fundamentals, all execution. Right. And right. You give that man a few years to turn things around, and I guess it ended up okay. Yeah, thankfully. Probably yeah, one thing, Dan. So, so, up, so Trey Junkin, that, that name hasn't been brought up yet. No. So, the 41-year-old holder to replace Dan O'Leary. His his job was just to snap the ball. That was his single job while, while we signed him. Doing he came, it for 20 he came years. out of retirement. He right. came yes. out of retirement. For yes, he did. Right. He said so, he's been doing it for 19 years, and he said it still jolts me from my sleep after that day. That's what he said. So that hammers home how big of a loss that was. Harris, was that Giants Nation? Too, because what did they do? They went out and drafted a long yep. snap back the yeah. I know. So, what, Harris, was that you or was it Snacks? I could, I, I, I get, I don't get you two mixed up. Obviously, What's... it's completely different people. But did, was it you that I said we would have definitely went on a run in 03 if they won that game? Wasn't me, but I'm okay. I'm, so I'm with <laughs> I think I, our, I offense, I, our offense was clicking in full cylinders. No one was stopping Shockey. Monty Toomer was the elite yeah, Monty Toomer. Three touchdowns in that game. Yeah. Um, Ike was solid. Tiki was, even though he was, he was starting to find himself, even though he was fumbling more. But Kerry, that was the best Kerry looked. I, 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 I single-handedly, I, I, out of the all the years, I think Kerry Collins looked great in 03. I agree. So... Harris, want to take it away for your second pick? All right. Um, let's see what we got here. I got to go with the Miracle at the Meadowlands, 2010. Um, I was there for that game, unfortunately. Kind of comes with the territory, but going all the games, this is the one that sticks out to me. Um, Giants-Philly, the rivalry is just, you know, through the roof. And we were up 21 points with eight minutes to play. And my dad leaned into me and he says, start the car, the game's over. <laughs> And I was like, what do you, oh, what do you no. mean the game's, I'm, I'm like, the game's not over, you know, let, you know, let's relax, you know, it's, it's not done yet. And it just unraveled. Eagles scored four unanswered touchdowns in the last seven minutes, 28 seconds. Oh. And uh, I still remember the look on Coughlin's face when Matt Dodge kicked the ball to Deshaun Jackson. I remember seeing Deshaun Jackson run through the field, t- turn his back to the end zone, throw the ball 50 yards in the stands and just ran off the field. And that one, that keeps me up at night. I'm, I'm sorry. It just, it was traumatic. I remember seeing fights in the stadium with the Eagles and Giants fans. And we had to go on the train, me and my dad, after the game to go home. Imagine sitting on a train with Eagles fans talking oh shit, God. go Philly, go Philly. After that loss, I, whew, Dan, I'm. Mike, Mike, 
my cousin who uh, couldn't make it tonight was also at the game. Justin, were you there? Yes, I was at that oh, okay. game. So we would have had three people at that game. I wasn't at that game, thankfully. But I, my cousin said always says like it was like a walking out of a morgue. Just like just how dead of like just like I can't imagine how awful that must. No, have been. it was it was and the most silent I the stadium has ever been. And this includes, you know giant Doug stadium. actually like has it. something similar to that moment because he he went to 06 NLCS, leaving me hanging. I couldn't get an extra <laughs> ticket that night. And I was all by myself with Yankee fans that night. And Doug, I think I, I Doug was at a worse moment than I was. I was able to handle myself, but yes, that uh, it, you know, the, the uh, Chase stadium was, uh, it was pretty awkward that night because the loudest it's ever been in 20 years was probably Andy Chavez right. uh, going up to Rob Scott roll in the, in the fifth inning. Right. And, you know, like you guys are saying, walking out after that uh, 12 6 hammer from Adam Wainwright. Right. Dead silence. More. I think that single handedly might be one of my worst falses as a fan. I, I, I think that 06 NLCS might be it. I don't know. So, yeah, Harris, I, there's no much, nothing much really to say about that. It's I need just, a hug. I need a hug. <laughs> yeah, that, that game was. Yeah, that game. PTSD, is, Dan. PTSD. Yeah, that's Ooh. that's not a good one. Okay, no, but so I mean, really, I mean, to kind of we'll put a bow on it with this. You know, the the perspective that I now look back at that game is you can't start the story of the 2011 Giants without showing that game. You know, really, because that's right. what that's when the the mentality of finish, finish, finish comes in, and that defined the 2011 season where Harris, you already talked about, you know, how Eli was a magician late in games and all those fourth quarter comebacks. I really don't think that happens without the devastation of 2010. So it's You're like, right. almost, yeah, I agree. Finish, finish, I, finish. I don't know if I'm being Homer, but the three of you know my Homer tendencies. What the worst <laughs> thing about the Eagles the Eagles game is we lose the obviously we lose the division and then we lose out and don't make the playoffs and unfortunately the Packers get our playoff spot and go for a run and make win the Super Bowl. So I think that's also an added like dagger to most Giant fans that remember that that moment and yeah. year that if we make the playoffs we could that we we didn't make the playoffs ten and six that year and and um, I remember Coughlin when they beat the Redskins. Well, they are the Redskins at that moment. Um, you can kiss my ass, Justin. I'm going to need you to find that clip that you're, you're king of finding clips at the post game is him. He's saying we had a 10 and six record. Uh, everybody can just line up and kiss my ass. That was a good, uh, good season. Granted, uh, they did not make the playoffs that like, that was like a, the ultimate unfinished business season of like, they finished tennis. I like that. Like that's why like, if we made the playoffs last year at six and ten, I think that would have been the justify justification. Eleven years later, ten years later right. of uh, making the missing the playoffs at ten and six. So yeah, Harris. That. All right. So I'm up. Do I do I piggyback mm. on the the negative uh, ne- negative Nancy's situation? I think I am. I know Justin's not going to pick it. I could probably wait, but I just want to get the negatives out of the way. And I'm going to say Super Bowl 35. Um, yeah, that was a rough game. I think for me being an eighth grade 
for that Super Bowl. That was right after the Subway Series, World Series. And just that was my first real season of I'm watching every single moment of every single game and I'm I'm just hooked, you know. And then just not realizing how great the Ravens defense was as an eighth grader was a big mistake. So I'm like, oh, Trent Dilfer is their quarterback. We're going to be fine. It's just going to be a stout defensive battle and we'll find a way to pull it out. Wrong. Um, but um, yeah, the turning point of that game was the holding defensive holding on Keith Hamilton and um, and Jesse Armstead, one of my all time favorites, takes it to the house and they call it holding on uh, Hamilton for lightly holding uh, Jamal Jamal Lewis, and they called it back. And that was the complete turning point of that game. Um, the, all the Giants' momentum after that was just completely gone. And another unfortunate moment for Jim Fossil's playoff history with the Giants. Um, yeah, it was just that. That was just a heartbreaking loss. And the other moment. Um, even though in a loss was uh, Ron Dixon's second kickoff return in that playoff run. So, yeah, that, that was my first taste of very bitter, sad defeat with the Giants. So I, I'm going to go with uh, Super Bowl 35. I have the drop of um, Tom Coughlin, You Can Kiss My Ass. Do you want to play it? Do you want me to play it? Yeah, play it away. I'll play it away. Here we go. We have a 10-6 and six season. A 10-win season in the NFL. I don't know how well you were able to hear that, but uh, I heard I heard it clear. (laughs) So Tom, you know Tom Coffey, you know we we had a we had a ten win season, a ten win season in the NFL. All those critics they can line up and they kiss my ass. I thought for a second that that was um I thought that was like during a press conference, which I was like like people would have lost their minds if he said that during a press conference. That was um a famous Boomer Carton clip forever after that and they would just cause the shadow out kiss my ass whenever like yeah. just the simplest like like someone gets pissed off and like yeah drop yeah just an old oh just an old man cop cough and it's just like um if you guys i know doug's seen it um it's the um it's the terry collins when he gets ejected and where our asses are in the jackpot, jackpot. And you just hear um uh, to, uh, Terry Collins, who just says "you see sucker," yeah, and you just say you just see the old man anger coming Terry, out of his Terry, like, Terry. <laughs> I thought he had a stroke. For the you just you just see the old man anger, like he's gonna kill someone, and you just say "you see sucker," and they're just like, "Okay, Terry." <laughs> to this day, I'll I'll send it to Doug or someone of a Mets related, and just cheers them up automatically mm-hmm. just tom i mean uh terry collins just calling the umpire sea sucker is just all time so all right justin you wrap you get two picks now and let's see where which way justin justin goes with this oh worst loss again it's a little right. weird a little weird um i really like the 2015 season. The 2015 Giants season is like one of my favorite seasons. Yeah, you really are obsessed with that season. I, I love know. that season. And it's because it was like so entertaining. I we're, We were at a point where, you know, 2012 was an okay season. 2013, 2014 Giants are kind of going downhill a little bit. So I'm like, I'm 
you know, four years removed from the 2011 Super Bowl. Now I'm like, you know, I, I grew up as a kid. Every four years you win a Super Bowl. That's how I grew up. So I think 2015 along with, I started to get a little bit older. I think I got my learner's permit in 2015. Okay, that, that's, that makes sense why you know, the I'm, season was absolutely terrible. Well, well, I'm starting to get a little bit more invested, like a teenager okay. invested, learning, learning more about the game. But I like it because I went to every game that season, but also okay. the games were just entertaining. Yeah, now that's why it made the season worse. Right, right. So I'm gonna piggyback. I have two 2015 games, but okay. the wor- for worst loss that I experienced in terms of the most pain that I felt, probably from home too. And this isn't even a game that I was at. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of games where Tony Romo kind of came back and put the knife mm. in my back. But the one that's wor- the worst is 2015 Week One, where the Cowboys, um, Jason Witten over Yawani Unga. Um, <laughs> for the game winning mm. touchdown and Eli Manning, not taking the sack and throwing the ball out of the back of the end zone. It, it could have resulted in, it, it was 40 less, it was 40 more seconds that the Cowboys had to go down and have a game winning drive. And not only did I think they, did they need a field goal or a touchdown? I don't know. They scored a touchdown. So um, that is, that was a bad game. It was a really, really bad game because it kind of set up what, the overall theme of that season was going to be it's just not finishing entertaining football games, but just not being able to finish and the defense being very, very bad. I mean, that was, that was a very bad roster, very bad roster, of the end. but very good Eli, like very, I mean, 20, you can make an argument. I just pulled up Eli's 2015 pro football reference page. Right. And then this will, this will kind of transition us into what, what our next category is going to be. And I'm going to choose top regular season win. And my top regular season win is going to be 49ers versus Giants 2015. I I just knew I knew you were gonna pick that just you because knew I, it? I that's that's your game. That's that's my Justin Panic game. I that's know my he, baby. That is your that is your that is your game. And you know, you look at Eli's 2015 season, you know, they yes, they went six and ten, you know, both 2014, 2015, they went six and ten. But that was actually Eli's the the year where Eli had a 62.6 completion percentage, which I believe was like the third highest in his career. He had the second most passing yards. He had the most touchdowns in his career, uh, 35 passing touchdowns, 20, 2010, he had 31, 2011, he had 29. Um, so 35 passing touchdowns um, and only 14 interceptions. So it, it wasn't even one of those years where Eli maybe had 30 plus touchdown passes, but he also had maybe 20 plus interceptions. So, and it was the year where he had the best, quarterback rating you know the rating out of 158.3 2015 was the year where he had the best quarterback rating out of his entire career so Eli was slinging it that year and of course this is second year of Odell so it's super fun you know there was also the Josh Norman game that year but that was a really fun game that 38-35 loss so many of my favorite Giants games the Giants lost by 38 to 35 (laughs) uh the Packers in 2011 where they were like the best team in the National Football League. They were undefeated at the time. The Giants played Jake them. Ballard was in bounds, by the way. Oh, yes. Um, they played the Giants, played the Packers 2011 during the regular season. They lost that game 38 to 35. Giants Panthers 2015. Wasn't that the year that they went to the Super Bowl? Panthers? The Panthers? Yes. They yeah. Were, yeah. That was their one, lo- the, this year they lost once. Dave Gettleman's Panthers. The Giants right. lost 38 to 35. That. Yes. And then another, another one of my favorite games that I may get to later, the Giants lost 38 to 35. But anyway. The favorite regular season win is 49ers Giants Sunday night football, Larry Donnell helmet catch (laughs) 2.0 Twitter actually crashed that night. 
uh, you know, the San Francisco 49ers who were kind of headed downhill, but the Giants were two and two. They started 0 and two. They had two devastating losses to the Falcons and the Cowboys to start off the 2015 season. They kind of got on a roll a little bit, two and two. And then this Sunday night football game, if they won, they were going to hold sole possession of the first sole possession, first place NFC East after week five. They did it. They won. They won an awesome fashion. Eli come back. It was awesome. Leaving the stadium that game, I was dancing and the world was the, the world was my oyster. And uh, I was really excited after that game. So I um, felt like I was on top of the world. The, the before before we go on with my pick, the, the that that cowboy game, Um, I when I I usually try to do a week one people that live in my neighborhood or like friends that live in my neighborhood a traditional oh let's call let's come hang out have some beers chill out and like whatever so i have my one friend mike who's a diehard jet fan and a couple others so the jets played at one and they stayed the whole day until that moment and you just see me physically getting angrier and angrier and the whole party is starting to drift out of the the room and Unger just Unger just gives up the touchdown and my friend Mike goes well all right well I'll text you tomorrow have a great <laughs> night <laughs> and I'm like and I'm just staring at my TV and just like what just happened seriously and then the next week we uh, lost to the Falcons I was at that yep. one, so that was bad stupid Preston right. Parker oh my God Preston Parker mm-hmm. oh, I hate that guy um. So, okay, sorry. Snacks was texting me. You got to give him a big hug tomorrow. Giving him a big hug. All right. All right. So, which way do I go? I already took top playoff game and worst uh, worst loss. Okay, I'm going to go favorite giant stadium moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, I, 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 it, just, it snaked around to me. I picked top uh, regular oh, season win. You did the uh, worst loss was the Cowboy loss. Yes, and then I and then I and then don't I start off the round with top regular season win? Oh, the the Niner game wasn't your top. Okay, sorry. No, the Niner game was a win. Yeah. No, no, no. I thought that was your win. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you got two. You got the the top win, regular season win, and yeah. the worst loss. Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah, it's my turn. Cool. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. So which way do I go? Top giant stadium memory that I've tended or not, or top regular season win. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go top giant stadium memory. I'm sure no, I, this could easily be on someone's list and Harris is sweating right now, but he shouldn't. But my, my top giant stadium memory is in the 2005 season. Um, giants Broncos um, 425 start. The Giants are up and coming. Eli Manning was good. And they 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 were playing tight the whole game. Um, Eli Manning drives it and he would last second touchdown to Amani Toomer, which we find out is Wellington Mara's last giant game on earth. So for multiple reasonings, that's why that is my favorite giant stadium moment. I could have named so many other, but just being I was a freshman in college. I didn't know Doug yet. So I was basically in my dorm by myself freshman year, just like being a loser of like just watching every minute of giant games and just being to myself for the most part. Um, just then 
Doug, this is funny. I run into James. Uh, our friend James is a big Broncos fan, and he's bigger than me. He's like 6'6", and he's in his uh, Jay Cutler jersey. And I just, oh, man, that's rough, man. I'm sorry to beat you guys uh, as a like a pure dickhead move. Player to, he's one of my better friends to this moment. Uh, but, yeah, that, that will always be one of my favorite Giant Stadium memories and just seeing old Giant Stadium just erupting and just seeing Eli Manning just – celebrating and that there's always a clip of Michael Strahan chilling on top of the, the, the bench and just jumping off and hugging. I don't remember who that, that was one of the all time favorite memories. And um, I'm not going to say, but the next game is equally just as awesome, but I wonder if someone's going to say that. So that would be it. Um, 2005. I forget the week, but they beat the Broncos in the last second and that's Wellington Mara's last game. Um, after that game, I'm pretty sure Tiki, uh, Eli, all the big giant players of that era uh, went to go see Wellington Mara for the last time and saw him and pay their respects to him. So it really was a crazy, crazy season for them losing both their owners at the time. And obviously um, that week was crazy and then having to go to a funeral that week and then finding a way to kill it the next week so that would be it all right uh harris round three for you okay favorite giant stadium game uh justin piggybacked on it before he said 38 to 35 and that was number one on my list justin on my list right here 2007 giants patriots regular season finale we had nothing to play for we're a 13 and a half point underdog going up against the undefeated Patriots. We don't have a bye week the next week. Coughlin makes a pretty bold move to play his starters. If somebody gets hurt, what are they going to say, you know? But he played the starters. We hung in that game all the way to the end, scared the hell out of the Patriots, went down to a nail biter. And I think that propelled us on to the Super Bowl a year. And when we played them in that Super Bowl, they knew we're in trouble. That gave us the confidence to go on and win that game. Right. And and I sent Justin and I tweeted it out the other night. Uh, The moment of my favorite moment of that game is that's not a play uh, play is when they have a nice zoom in of OC and Tom Brady and OC just nods his head and you see Tom nodding his head. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. we're here, man. We're here. We're not giving up in that that aspect of like that would have been another game my cousin would have be uh went he went without me and you guys would have battled it out for that as well so yeah that that game was crazy um i was obviously mad after that one but yeah justin i have a question i have a question for all of you and i want you to guess what was the las vegas betting line before the game 13 and a half points oh did you well did you write that down in your notes I, I kind of had an idea, but I, I double-checked it. Because I... <laughs> that's always that – yeah, no, it, well, it, it is 13 and a half. Uh, Harris got it right. What was the line on the Super Bowl, Justin? Oh, what was you? the line on the Super Bowl? <laughs> now, it was, it was strangely similar. I'm going to go – this is weird. I'm going to go like nine and a half. 12 points. I, I knew it was 12, but I hesitated. That was my first <laughs> guess. Where do they tell you in school? Always go with your first guess. Never hesitate. Yep. No, but I mean, that, so to give, so I have one less category to explain. The first game that got me hooked into fandom was that game. 
Okay. Uh, well, uh, so we're we're sharing we're sharing a moment here, Harris. Um, you know, it. obviously, you know, first moment that got me into fandom. You know, I, I think 2007. You know, all of you are a little, little, just just a little bit older than me. Not that much. Just by just by a couple right. couple hairs. But, ten um, years. <laughs> just by just <laughs> ten years. Um, no, but that that game really got me into it. So seven plus nine. I, I was nine years old. You know, a crisp young nine years old, and that game, funny. that game meant everything, but nothing at the same time. I mean, that's how it. Right. That's kind of how I summer. It meant it meant everything, right. but nothing. You know, looking back on it, you know, because hindsight. I've, now I don't know if that game is the the game that got me into Giants fandom. If the Giants don't win the Super Bowl, but the fact that it was just giant football fans. You had a stadium. You had eighty thousand right. football fans that attended that game, and. Yeah, Giants fan because the game relatively meant nothing. Yeah, Giants fans and Patriots fans both nudging each other the entire time. Patriots fans were nudging Giants fans when Randy Moss caught that big touchdown and you know the twenty second touch or the twenty third touchdown that broke the record. Tom Brady broke the record. They both broke the record in the same game, and I think on the same play they they broke that yeah, record. That was what yeah. I was gonna say. That that was uh, the old James Butler would give up a play, and the funniest <laughs> thing, the Patriots are so <laughs> cocky. That they did the same exact play and he got burnt again on the same yeah. play. Yeah, I, I think um, they actually ran the same play two no, it, plays it, it, in a row. Hundred percent, they were that cocky enough to do that. Yeah, you know, so there's Patriots fan nudging Giants fans like, hey, you know, we're getting close, and then Giants fans for the large majority of the game because the Patriots it was it was more or less the Patriots sweating more than Giants fans right. that game because the Giants had nothing to lose, and it's like, hey, oh, we're really playing you well, and we're we're a team that's that, that doesn't even belong in this game in the first place, but we're playing you well, and the atmosphere in Giants Stadium that game, you know, kind of going back to Harris, you know, Harris with uh, you know, favorite Giants Stadium game. The atmosphere for just in that game was quintessential Giant Stadium, and you know why that, that stadium has character. It was unbelievable, Justin. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, that, so, that's the awesome. one thing is if the Giants ever become good again, MetLife has the chance to, to be that way. Even though it will never be Giant Stadium, it's just we've never we want to have one playoff game in eleven years. It's just something's got to give with that. Um, yeah, that was one of the few games me and Doug didn't watch together mm-hmm. that year. And me and him usually would call or text um, after that game. We both were like, all right, it was the Patriots. It's, it, it was a hell of a game on to Tampa Bay, and we, we all know what happens next. Um, okay, so Doug's going to piggyback um, next two picks. Doug, take it away. First, uh, I guess I'll close out the regular season wins. And I have what is probably – a bit more of an obscure win. But I think it opens up uh, an interesting conversation that we've kind of been talking around. Um, you know, if you polled people at the end of the year and said, you know, what, what was the downfall from the two Super Bowl runs to where it started going downhill? I think the unanimous answer you probably get if you did it year after year is, well, the offensive line can't keep you lying on its feet. Right. And uh, this little retrospective and some of the things we've been talking about, I'm not convinced that that's really it. It's certainly one of the factors. But um, having more to do with what type of quarterback Eli really is, you know, we talk about being a, him being a gunslinger or more of a guy, we want to just give him the ball with two minutes on the clock and see what he can do. And how does that play into how much you need an offensive line or, or a strong defense? And uh, October 26, 2008, I think they started out 5-1 and one 
had a couple division wins. And going into Pittsburgh and really middle of October, going on the road, you don't expect them to win that game. You just don't. And it's fine. It's not a big deal. It's you're going to go in, you're going to lose to Roethlisberger, you'll be 5-2, and two, you move on. And it was just one of those games where you give Eli the ball with a couple minutes left on the clock and you see what happens. And it, and it was after the Super Bowl, so it's the beginning of that era where, okay, he's no longer young Eli that uh, has something to prove. Now you're developing into the dangerous two-minute quarterback. And this was that quintessential game. Uh, right. The, the one thing I remember is Steve Smith catching a, a, a dig route that was, you know, 10 feet over his head and getting drilled in the ribs <laughs> at about the 45-yard line on that drive. And, and that was quintessential Eli. Right. What? Probably and, not. Um, yeah, but I can, I can make this throw, so I'm going to sling it. And um, if he remembers – that quarterback than the the gunslinger who's going to put up 425 against Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, they won the game 21-14. I believe right. Kevin had a, had a late touchdown and it really got me to start thinking, oh, oh wow, they might actually be good. And not division good, but good. Like they just went into Pittsburgh and came out with a win that they're not supposed to get. And I think if I remember correctly, I don't know if you remember, uh, the Steelers' long snapper got hurt or something crazy, and they got a safety in that game. Yeah, they yeah, no, they messed over. something yep. up on the 10-yard line. I forget yeah. exactly what it was, but they messed something up. Uh, that yeah. Game. Uh, Doug's going to laugh at me. I, I, I can laugh at myself. Um, stupid me. Another scenario of the Giants taking care of my life way too seriously and making reactions – I asked a girl out that day after that game, and I had a big mistake after the two and a half years after that, but that's besides the point. After that game, I go, hey, so you want to go out? All right, cool. She watched the game with me and everything else like that, and the because of the Giants won. Thanks. Thanks, Giants. Um, yep. <laughs> but, yeah. All right, Doug. Uh, take it away. No, she hated me. That was, that was a very toxic relationship. <laughs> very, very toxic. To be young again. So, Doug, all right. So, you have the Steelers game as your best regular season moment. Okay. All right. Uh, what are you going to wrap it around with? So, you already have top regular season game. You have the wild card game of 2003 is the worst loss and you have uh nfc championship game of 07 so all right you have two more picks and let's see you have giant stadium moment and the first game that got you hooked i think i'll go with what got me hooked and we'll, we'll pull that back to uh, this team is going to the playoffs mm. here with jim fossil um, so I believe they lost to the Lions around the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. And he went on to, to throw his big press, press conference. We've all seen the clip. Uh, and they get on a little bit of a roll. And I believe week 16, uh, they go into Indianapolis. And again, just a game where, okay, you expect the ride to stop. You're going to Indianapolis. You're going against Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. 
and editor and James, and, and look, they're going to stomp the daylights out of you. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, and they went into Indianapolis and won the game quite handily. I think uh, there was a fleet victor. Oh, 2003. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and just that uh, unexpected, not only winning, but really dominance of uh, a strong team. If I remember correctly, that was also the game um, someone talked crap to Jeremy Shockey, and he absolutely ran over oh, someone. ran over him. One of, one of the tiny little safeties. Yeah. Safeties. yeah. 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 No, he ran right through <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that, that i remember that game that that was 03 and that that got the okay now we play the eagles okay, for the division mixed up if, if so i apologize yeah it was it was 03 okay yeah it was week 16 03 right. yeah yeah and that was the week before uh jeremy shockey over uh dawkins so yeah but that was the start of like that's when i thought we were gonna go on a run because we were able to kill the Colts and then beat the Eagles. Tied the two years together. Is, uh, <laughs> right. It was a blur. I'll give you that. Yeah. After winning yeah. the game. Right. Okay. So those are your two picks. So, all right. The Colts in 03, that was the game that got you hooked. All right. Harris, you have game that got you hooked. And you're, that was the last pick was Giant Stadium memory or regular season memory. Last one was Giant Stadium memory. Okay. Giant Stadium game. I kind of grouped it together, but the game that got me hooked. Oh, so it's tough. So I was going to 94, 95. As soon as I got in the building, I was hooked. But one memory that stands out is actually the wild card game. We lost to the Vikings 23-22 in 1997. We're being a little kid. And just being around all the fans with that kind of atmosphere, my first ever playoff game, I, I was just hooked. Just seeing the passion from everyone, every every play, you're just on the edge of your seat. Um, unfortunately, we lost, but I remember watching Tiki Barber. Uh, that was the tail end of Rodney Hampton. Charles Way was mm. playing. That was the Danny Cannell years versus Randall Cunningham. And that's what got me hooked. Just seeing playoff football in person. And I was like, I want to get I want to get back here again. Okay. Yeah, that, that was the first game I mentioned before with John Fossil blowing a double-digit lead in the playoffs, unfortunately. Sorry, Jim. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> um, I think um, since we're going to do games that got me hooked, um, I'm going to keep it in that era of time of getting me hooked is the 98 regular season game at Giant Stadium against the Broncos when the Broncos were undefeated at the time and was Kent Graham <laughs> as our quarterback, our, our revolving uh, carousel of man quarterbacks and the giants find a way to pull it out. Kent Graham throws a bullet only that Amani Toomer can grab and they upset the uh, eventual Super Bowl champs, Denver Broncos. So that's, that's mine. The 98 Broncos win in giant stadium. The stats that exist that don't matter is Amani Toomer, a Denver Bronco killer, because he caught the game-winning touchdown in 05, and then he also caught the game-winning touchdown in 98. Yeah, no, it's very true. Uh, it's that's it's it, John Boy. John Boy has a series of videos that are like stats that exist but don't matter. I think that's a stat that exists but doesn't matter. 
Yeah. See, <laughs> the funny thing about Monty Toomer, um, I know Harris and Doug could really vouch because he they watched most of his career. I know Justin, you watched the tail end, and he was a completely different wide receiver by the time he watched. It's really insane of how underrated he really was throughout mm. his whole career. And just the fact that he finally got his due, unfortunately, when it was way too late. But the start of his career was like, eh. And then the 99, he skyrocketed and he was a stud for us until he retired. Well, let me let awesome. me tell you my impressions of him as a wide receiver with the Giants towards the tail end of his career. Then you can tell me what kind of receiver he was towards the beginning. I kind of remember just him as your prototypical, stereotypical number two possession wide receiver. That's like kind of how I remembered him like that. The yards after the catch that he got after um, that catch against the Cowboys in 2007 to kind of start off that game. It's like, whoa, I really don't. I don't remember a ton of plays where Amani Toomer breaks a tackle or goes on a huge, like a huge play for a huge run. I I stereotypically remember him as the toe tip Amani possession guy that's just going to get the ball kind of go down afterwards was it different towards the earlier part of his career yeah he was it's it's the same thing that you're seeing uh aj green go through the thing you saw hockey mix go through um earlier in his career he had that little bit of extra separation that made him more than just a, a blanket possession receiver and a little more yeah. dangerous. Yeah. He can catch everything. Yeah. He can also create a little bit extra separation that turns a 12-yard catch into a 25-yard big play. Um, right. And Kerry Collins. Much bigger deal than it might be today. And Kerry Collins absolutely loved him. He was his favorite target by far. You guys remember the flea flicker? Yeah. That, yeah, that's against what, the Colts? Yeah. Yep. That's what, yeah, that was yep. th- what Doug was talking about yeah. before. And I, you know, honestly, I really would have liked to have seen him stick around for another year at the tail end of his career just for the reason right. I always thought was a prototypical Eli security. Right. The way Eli liked to just fit balls in to somebody that is a bigger receiver with good hands. And Eli right. could just cut him the hole and probably not a, a a great thrower, a great decision because that was one of the traits that made Eli so good is he really wasn't afraid to pull the trigger when he needed right. guys that he could trust. Right. It, uh, it's really funny because just like he doesn't get the credit more times than not. People will like obviously say three or four wide receivers before they even say Monty, but he's our leading receiver in team history for a reason. So yeah. Well dressed the money to him. It's it's just he Our needs mom. to get oh yeah. He 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 he's an all-time favorite in my book. Oh sure. yeah. Yeah. So all right. I lost I lost my train of thought. So Harris, that was your pick, right? That was me. Okay. So it is it's my turn. Let's see. My turn. Oh no, that was me, 98. So Justin has back to back picks. Sorry. Yeah, that was all right. yep. So the moment that we kind of fell into, you know, fell in love with the Giants. So I, it's week 17, 2007, um, Giants Pats, and we already kind of broke that down. Right. So then the only one I have left is favorite Giants stadium game. Is that, are we, so we're good on that? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, it's, we're, we're, there's not a real contest. So, yeah, you, I'll give it okay. to you. All right, it's good. Um, so my favorite giant stadium game is Panthers versus Giants 2008, where, I mean, that's just your prototypical uh, uh, high-scoring game, you know, 28 to 28 at the end of uh, four quarters, and then, you know, prototypical high-scoring game, but also it was a game that didn't include a lot of passing. I mean, look at these scores. I mean, D'Angelo Williams had a 13-yard touchdown. Um, you know, D'Angelo Williams had a 30-yard touchdown, and then a ton, a ton, a ton of big plays by Derek Ward. I mean, Derek Ward's longest play that game was 50 yards, and I think that came went over going going into overtime where he's running over the middle of the field, not even running on a sideline, running over the middle of the field. And then Brandon Jacobs was the bruiser that game. You know, even though he had 25 carries, 87 yards, three touchdowns. So uh, Derek Ward broke 200 yards. I love Derek Ward. Derek Ward. That was like the game that I fell in love with him. And it was always a shame that he left to the Bucks. And he was one of those Giants that, you know, uh, had, had, had a good, really good season with the Giants. Probably got a little bit of money and then left and then never did another thing. Right. He had that um, two-year window. Um, I want to say it was the Bears game in 07 that he broke his leg. Yeah, he missed that 07 right. season. Then he comes back in 08. Right. Branch, he, like, he, Bradshaw misses some time during the 08 season. Then he right. kind of takes his his place there, even though they were you know, recognized as the you know earth, earth, wind, and fire. Yeah, or, that's what I was going to say. That I was, was going to say. prototypical earth, wind, and fire game. It was Jacobs and Ward, and then in the fourth quarter, Bradshaw magically comes out of nowhere uh, fresh and just runs everybody down. But, yeah, that was, that was a great game. Um. Harris, you probably froze your nuts off that game. That was like 20 Oof. degrees or something. I froze that my night. nuts off a lot of times. <laughs> right. But that was definitely that was like... freezing. That was freezing. Uh, Green Bay was cold. And not in 2007. 2011 was cold. But oof, that was cold. The night games in December, that's when you start getting a little chilly. I remember it was a game. Snow, if I remember yes. correctly, there was snow yes. on the ground. Yes, there was. We're pushing up the car onto the curb in the snow. There's no spots <laughs> left. <laughs> it was it was cold man it was cold like the thing is there's, there's no such as bad weather but bad clothing choices so right i went uh, to rei that's... got myself everything insulated i was like you know like the guy in christmas story right yeah <laughs> that was the that season man if foxo burst doesn't shoot himself in the leg we would be going uh, back man. to back there there's there's no question in my mind just like how everything was rolling that year. And then he just shoots himself in the leg. And then unfortunately a washed up money tumor and not prove it. Steve Smith and Dominic Hickson as our weapons. Yeah, and then, that's why that Eagles loss that year in the playoffs doesn't hurt that bad. Cause you knew. No. You right. No, oh, no, we, we had a so bad feeling. And then the worst with that was out the everlasting memory of Dominic McNabb breaking free and then falling into our, uh, our bench and he picks up the phone and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this sucks, man. Okay, so Justin, those were your two picks. All right, that was good. Um, I did. I didn't do regular season game yet, did I? Actually, yeah, that was a that was a giant stadium memory. Okay, the best. This is tough. I'm going in the my my hard drive in my brain of regular season wins. And we didn't really talk about 2011 as much as we could have. We ha- obviously talked about it. But my favorite regular season win 
from 2011 is the Dallas Cowboy game in Dallas when we were down 10 with five minutes left in the game, typical Eli fashion. I'm getting the, I'm getting the touchdowns mixed up, but I remember Ballard scored and Jacob scored. I don't remember the scenarios of which one came first, but they, I know they both scored and there's of course still time left of, of course, like always. I'm willing to bet Jacobs came first and I'm going to check it. Yeah. Well, I think that what makes Eli so good. I mean, looking back. Jake Ballard. Yeah. Jake Ballard. Right. Like, right. Never to be heard from again. And, and once again, we're talking about Eli in his prime with right. I'm one winding down on the clock, swinging the ball all over the field. So. Okay. So it's Ballard and then Jacobs. All right. I was kind of right. I think. All right. Yeah, Jake Ballard came out of nowhere that year, and unfortunately, his knee exploded on the sidelines. And he came Super out of nowhere, Bowl. and then he went back to wherever he came from. Right, and then Travis Beckham—that was fun. His <laughs> one moment against the Packers. Um, but yeah, that 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 game against the Cowboys—they come back from ten. Of course, we that game was over. All- Oh, oh, 100%. That game was over. Season's over. People forget that. Game's over. Season's over. Pack it up. Coughlin's fired. It is done. Wrap it up on a bow. Have a good night. Have a good season. Another giant season falling apart in December. Then magically, Eli pulls it back. Unfortunately, not enough. There's plenty of time left. Romo does his Romo things against the Cowboys. I mean, against the Giants. Dan Bailey lines up for a field goal. Do you still have the sheet up, Justin? How, yes, how far was Dan Bailey's kick? I can check right it now. It's like 40-something, right? It was a 47-yard field goal. So it wasn't a gimme, but that was when we started to see kickers being, especially in domes, like, all right, that's makeable. So thank God it was pre-fireworks accident. JPP finds his way, nips it. And that was just that, like that was the start of, of the run. I I don't care what anybody says. That that was the all right. We have something here. And then the next week we lose the Redskins, typical fashion. And then we go on the run. But for that week, that Cowboy game, I just remember the pure like. I know we all get the same feeling of just the whole game eating eating you alive, and it's just like. We just got to find a way to beat the Cowboys. We just got to find a way to beat them. Uh, like, and we find a way to pull it out. JPP makes a block. And then that was the ever, that was like, has to be one of the greatest seasons in Giants history. The year JPP had in 2011. That has to be a top five season. Romo is, to be quite honest, one of the more underrated quarterbacks. Oh, for sure. And I, I, will, I, I will say that. I know. Super Bowl if he starts over Dak Prescott. That year when he got healthy, um, instead of getting garbage time in week 17. Right. So when the Cowboy team was built, they would be awfully dangerous with a relatively healthy Tony Romo. That running game and that defense. For sure. And he's also, I know Snacks is going to listen and shake his fist, but he hates him as an announcer. I don't mind Tony Romo as an announcer. I really, I don't. I, I find him funny. I know Snacks is shaking right he's now. Very excited. He's like, like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's great. Hope he just twisted his ankle. Hope he just twisted his ankle there, <laughs> oh, Jim. 
that that was the hot oh yeah that was the greatest moment i go nope his his leg is popping out of his skin no tony (laughs) um so here here's a bit of a hot take um I am 100% rooting for Tony Romo to be a Hall of Famer because if you put Tony Romo in the Hall of Fame, you have to put Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. Good thinking. Yeah. It's thinking. a small, small sacrifice for a larger game. Well, and, and not for nothing. I mean, the same type of quarterback in a sense. Right. Um, not going not to wow you with any type of Patrick Mahomes or Brett Favre kind of regular season numbers, but really not the guy you want to have uh, – driving down the field with time running down on the clock. He, he was always able to find the right play, except for the – now always – he would always get you to that brink, and then the last play would just find a way to, like – Five yards out. Five, five, yeah. Five, it was, it, it, like, five. they would find a way to, like, bust or, like, always, like, Clayton, they just miss a pass. So they weren't paying attention and dropping a pass. Or that 07 game, the division game, that, that game, I think that was one of the – tightest games i was as a fan of just like we have no business winning that game but we're finding ways to win the other two games were like okay we've seen it but that was the first game of that in that run so you're like what are we doing here all they need is that one play and they're gonna beat us and they don't do it and then progressively happens each each week so yeah jpp I'm forgetting the week, but the the Cowboy game in on the road in 2011, JPP, the classic JPP game, is my favorite regular season moment. Okay, all right, and now it's going to be Harris with your final pick. Regular season win, we're doing right. Oh uh, yeah, if that's what you yeah you have lost, that's that hooked you up. You have Giants Pats as your Giants Stadium memory. Um, your worst loss is D Jackson, and forty six is your your favorite playoff moment. So yes, I'm going Week 17, 2011, back to the Giants Cowboys. Uh, I'm, I'm still partying, by the way, from that game. I'll ten years <laughs> later. Well, I mean, the week before we beat the Jets Christmas Eve. Right. Divisions on the line. We get moved to prime time Sunday Night Football. Eli, Victor Cruz, 74-yard touchdown. We're salsa-ing. That was one that of my was, favorite, actually, giant moments. It was right along the sideline. And... Yeah, me too. That was, I yep. was actually my, – my uncle got us good seats for that. Right. It was in the 100s. Yep. And now he – thankfully, he got it when we started to suck. So, it, it was still <laughs> nice and cheap then. And then right. everything skyrocketed. And me and my cousins were like, we should sell these. I'm like, I'm not selling these. I'm, <laughs> no, like, no. I'm going to the game. Come on, stop. Nope. And then it was just, yeah, he came crossing my face. I'm like, go, oh, go, go, go. And once yeah. Cruz gets in the open field, he's gone. Yeah. He makes a couple yeah. moves once, you know, same with the Jets. Makes one or two moves, boom, end zone. He's saucing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in the New For York, sure. he was playing 31-14. In the <laughs> nice rain. Like, it was a nice steady rain. I was blitzed out of my mind. We were in the parking lot for hours. I don't think we left. I don't think I left the parking lot until like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. I thankfully we had a DD, Ooh. but I yeah. yeah, we were celebrating winning the division. And my little cousin, he was like 15 at the time, and telling the cowboy fans like not nice things and almost fighting <laughs> them. And I'm like, come on, he's 15. Um, be. 
he he definitely had his first beer that night. I, I'm for sure. <laughs> I, I, it wasn't my responsibility. It was his brother's. So yeah, not, I, I'm with you on that one. That was a great memory. That probably would have been my favorite game I attended to this date. Uh, uh, okay, Doug's Doug actually hold on. How many? Doug has one left, right? Yeah, uh, we're going Giant Stadium. Yeah, that's what you have. Yeah, you have Giant Stadium memory. I guess I'll go with uh, the big party in 2000, the 41 nothing over Minnesota, uh, because that's not how that game was supposed to play out um, <laughs> at all. No, not and at all. It really, it was just a big party. And I don't think I was ever really nervous the whole time because Minnesota somehow was never really even in the game. Right. Um, and this is prime Randy Moss and prime Dante Culpepper and you know, Chris Carter. Like you're not, you're not able to defend these guys. No. And to, to win is one thing to win in the fashion that they did to elevate themselves to the Super Bowl. Um, start to finish was just a big party. Unfortunate that they were probably a little unprepared for the Ravens uh, two weeks later. Um, yeah, you brought up the Keith Hamilton play, which is actually in my memory. I, I would say probably probably a fair penalty if they're going to call it. Yeah. In the rules. Looking back at it now, but you're not telling that to an eighth grader at the time. And right. No, absolutely not. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, I, I think even if that play goes their way, uh, Baltimore still probably finishes them. They were going to – they were probably going to finish them off, but that kept them in the game, and it was just like – anything could have happened to your point you're just you're just trying to hang on to the ride for as long as you can and uh uh, you know started a few weeks before with the ron dixon uh kickoff return for a touchdown before you could sit down i believe jason seahorn had a nice little acrobatic interception right uh the week before as well so that uh that really two week stretch not to steal anything from anybody was uh just a big party in the in the stadium's history Right, yeah, that that forty-one nothing. Actually, I actually it's the full game is actually on YouTube, and it's so funny watching the um the commercials from two thousand, like early internet day commercials of like cell phones and like all the other like internet early internet commercials. It was really funny. I I got a good kick watching that a couple couple months ago. I was bored. I was like, eh what giant games are on YouTube and it's just so many I peppered I peppered Justin all the time like hey bleeding blue uh this should be a good topic for you and and snacks but yeah I mean um, on a on a quick little note there I mean big blue VCR everybody loves them because he has access to all these giants games there are more there are more giants games available online than you would think especially if you you know pre it's easier to find. I actually think it's easier to find things pre 2009 because before 2009, that's as far as NFL game pass goes. So if you want to watch a game with the coaches film from 2009 to 2020, you know, get NFL game pass. If you're a regular season ticket holder, by the way, you get NFL game pass for free, which is the nicest perk. Yeah. Yeah, It honestly is. It honestly is the nicest perk about being a regular season ticket holder, but, um, yeah, there are more games available than you think. So if you're a Giants fan who's listening to this, Google a game and you'll, even if you don't right. get a full game, maybe you'll get a half, you'll get something that'll be like, oh, I remember this and I love right. this. 
if you if you go on Twitter, um, I know Harris isn't the biggest, and Doug is he does he's not really sociable on it, but he's on it. I know they're both on it. Big blue VCR and Justin Yunsnacks did a great job with him a few weeks ago, and it's just just every day is something new, and he'll just like it'll be like about anything random of like his whole like he has a whole catalog from like the last forty years, and it's yeah. absolutely insane. And uh, if you don't follow, if you're a giant fan and you don't follow him, you're definitely missing out with that. Um, he seemed like a nice guy when you interviewed him, Justin. It was very nice. Very, very nice guy. I mean, you know, you don't talk, you know, and I, and I, and I, you know, we're, we're even doing it right now. Right. But you don't talk for as long as he is, he does. And you don't stay on like for us on a call. Right. You no, know, cause I, I give people the heads up, you know, when I interview him, it's like, Hey, you know, especially for bleeding blue, it's like, Hey, we're, we're going to aim for this to be like 30 minutes, you know, 30 minutes tops. Right. Cause I don't want it to, you know, cause you know, people who are, you know, popular or whatever, you know, you want to take up too much of their time, but it's like, no, he went on and it was enough content for two weeks for two different right. shows. So um, he was a very yeah. nice, very down to earth guy. And I hope, uh, I hope that he, uh, you know, I know he didn't, I know he's not the fan of showing his face. I hope he can kind of, you know, tell us where he's at. And because I know he goes to giants games right. and he has season tickets. So I hope we can all meet up with them and, shake his hand, have a good time, watch a Giants game with him. Yeah, I know you'll work your magic because, and I know LPG, I'm sure we'll run into, I always run into LPG. He's he's a salty earth guy. I've never met him, believe it or not. I, I didn't really, really? Even know. Yeah, because at the time, um, you know, I, I started to, you know, climb the Giants ranks in terms of Twitter and podcasting um, in 2020 or 2019 too, but 2019, I, I didn't really know who Joe Rubeck LPG was uh, as a casual Giants fan who wasn't on social media. And because the Giants don't do a, they don't do, they don't promote anybody. They promote My, the Giants. They don't promote right. anybody outside of the Giants. And Joe is technically outside the Giants, even though he's the most popular yeah, Giants it's, fan. In the world. It's insane. The Giants need to find a way to like hook him up. And, and the funniest thing with Joe is the first time you really see Joe, he's the, Oh my God. Oh my God guy. After yeah. the Tyree catch. Yeah, and then ever since they pan to him every every game they can. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's a lot bad, a lot more bad than good. But Joe Joe is the salt of the earth. Um, I, he probably doesn't remember me, but whenever I see him, he remembers me, so I feel good about myself. Yeah. But but yeah, Joe Joe is the salt of the earth. He he will he he'll remember you, Justin, because the amount of times you guys yeah. interact. But it, yeah, Joe's the salt of the earth. It's so. Before before we wrap up, it was a great job, guys. Uh, it was exactly what I wanted uh, in terms of all three of us. Basically, my different chats. This is the funny thing about me with game day chats. Um, I I joke with my well, my wife. is It's true. I think I spend more time texting people than actually sitting down watching the games because I have to answer like four or five different group chats. And like some games, I'm just like can't do it, and I'll still find a way to do it. And it's it's funny that I have like it, like I really should make one giant giant group chat and just like all right, great play there, and everybody just whatever. It's really the funniest thing. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you guys for you are always in my inner circle as, of giant fans of obviously the knowledge and everything like that. Um, I. I know Justin's the only one with a platform of um, with uh, social media, unless you guys want to plug your Insta and social media, Twitter, be my guest. Um, Justin could take it away. If you guys don't want to 
plug it because I know you guys are not really big into social medias, which mm-hmm. is fine. Yeah, so. uh, talking giants, you know, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, um, especially the YouTube. YouTube is fun. Podcast app too. If you're a podcast person, right? Um, I'm bleeding, the podcast guy. Yeah, you're. Yeah, Danny's a pod. I I actually I low key even because I mean YouTube helps us make obviously more, more money, money and yeah. it's and it's a business. But I mean, are we get sponsors for the podcast too, man? The YouTube show, but YouTube is just more important to the brand and right. more important to us as a business. But um. I like our podcast people better. Our podcast listeners, I feel uh, YouTube is wild, crazy, and I kind of don't like it, but it's it's a necessary evil. Um, so yeah, that, then Bleeding Blue, Bleeding Blue is like my baby. It's a Giants history show. If you have, I mean, this conversation was basically one that we would have on Bleeding I, I, Blue. I am gonna be on that show someday, Justin. You're gonna I be on know, that show one day. I don't know how I'm gonna be on that show, but I'm gonna be a third wheel on that show someday. I don't know you know that, but I'm going to be. Well, maybe that's my goal. Here's so here's what we here's what usually John Boy Media shows have. They have producers on on whether it's on the call or like in person when people are recording. So you would be like on the call with us and you would have your own like little camera, but you would be a producer. So you would be like writing down timestamps of like in like good conversations or if if snacks and I are like stumped on something about like you know oh, oh I'm like Tony Reale from uh oh you, you got that wrong like I feel yes. bad on Monday morning I'm like Justin you fucked up here but I still love you yes yes so that's basically what so uh, if I'm thinking of a way to naturally get you on it's that being producer producer Danny would be would be the um, way to do it well you know I'm that always down to help you guys out yeah. um it. It really, it, I, I do have to say, Justin, I let the last year meeting you guys through the Patreon. Um, Talking Giants has a Patreon group, and two dollars a month. I'm see, I'm plugging it for you. Talking oh, Giants, <laughs> I'm, I'm in it every pretty much almost every episode, so I might as well help you out with that. But two dollars a month, patreon.com, you go to Talking Giants, and then you, you get to interact with Justin and Bobby. and people like myself and other diehard giant fans. I like to thank you, Justin. I actually was able to sell my giant tickets because of the Patreon group. So yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so thank Thank you for that. But I'll be no, asking honestly, for, a por- uh, for a portion of the sale of those tickets. Danny. <laughs> All right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know, but, but um, that's a great, ch- if you want to spend the $2 a month, it, it's actually really fun. I know it's gotten a little bit bigger, but I got it at the ground floor. So actually the people that started the actual group, it's like we're formed like a good friendship. Like I talk to Gazman every day. I talk to Chris Mickle every day. It's, it's actually like people like you would never be like, okay, it's the internet, but it's like, I talk to these people every day and it's really weird on how much we grow. Gazman is in the UK. I, I talked to him and Chris in a, a group chat and it's the, really the funniest thing that we have a guy from Chicago. We have me from New York and we have Gaz who's in Wales and it, and it's, it's, it's really a cool thing. And that's how I met you in snacks. And I talk to you guys on a daily as well. So if you don't, you don't have to pay the $2, but if you want to have more fun with talking giants and be more interactive with them, that's just the best $2 you spend a month. And they're they're great interactively and i know both of them pretty well so be sure to check them out and 
as always, thanks for listening and we will catch you next time. And we should be back with the all-star break being wrapping up all three of us. So until then, I hope you guys enjoyed this other, another solo episode until next time. I will see you guys later.